Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. All right, Trevor, would you please come and lead us in the reading of the scriptures? If you're here and you're able, stand. Stand too at home. It'd be good for you. All right, Trevor, talk right into this. Can you guys hear me? Hi. Hi. Good morning. Scripture? Awesome. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them. My soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to him, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. You may be seated here and at home. Let's see how I do standing right here without a cordless mic. What's cool is uh, you can see there's like two different prints in your bulletin on that scripture. And uh, that was unintentional, but it's kind of cool because it leads me to a point. There's actually, if you're following along in your Bible, this is a combination of two different translations. One is the New Living Translation, I believe, and the other one is the um, NIV. And um, if you're reading your Bible, which I hope you are because it's a rad book and it's incredible for life and living... It gives life. It is alive. It was written by uh, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's really great to have a couple translations. And if you're on your cell phone, it's super easy. You can flip back and forth between translations. But um, sometimes it's really cool to see uh, what different things are there. And I, if you remember two weeks ago when I was speaking, uh, when you find a word or a phrase that's translated in many different ways throughout the different translations, Really good idea to look that up, like stop and go, I wonder why this has come up a different time. Find out the original root. But today, I want to talk to you um, about a lesson that I learned on the trail. And my wife reminded me of it the other day. We went on a New Year's Day hike up to Kumsik, and it was absolutely beautiful. And uh, she reminded me about this lesson that I learned, and it's about expectations. I don't know about you, but I have put some expectations on 2021. Have you put some expectations on 2021? I think the whole world has. And sometimes I'm a little bit worried about me and you that we think that we're just going to wake up and it was all a bad dream and today's a whole brand new day and, 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 and it's going to be perfect. And uh, I want to tell you about a story uh, of us on the Appalachian Trail um, if you know anything about the Appalachian Trail, the section that runs through Pennsylvania is known as a killer. Most people go through one pair of shoes in the state of Pennsylvania alone, right? The state of Pennsylvania, I think, is only around 200-something miles, but it's so rocky. They refer to it as Rocksylvania on the Appalachian Trail. It's so rocky, and there's quite a few that actually stop hiking the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania. They just decide, you know what, this isn't worth it. I've twisted my ankle. I've broken my toe. I've fallen and scraped my knee too many times. I, I, it's, I'm done. And I can understand I was struggling. 
Going through Pennsylvania, I'm so thankful God provided us unbelievable trail angels in Pennsylvania. There was a lot of people rooting us on that had been following us online, found out where we were, and either hosted us at their homes at night, brought us meals on the trail, brought us candy or soda. And if it wasn't for the trail angels in Pennsylvania, I might still be in Pennsylvania, in the woods somewhere. But there's a picture of our family crossing the Delaware River and the Delaware Water Gap. And on the bridge in the middle of the, of the river, it says Pennsylvania-New Jersey State Border. And it's this big thing because you're walking on this bridge on the Appalachian Trail, and it's painted on the sidewalk. And there's a picture of us, and we are cheering to be out of Pennsylvania. I was so excited. I mean, I kissed the sidewalk of New Jersey. I was like, "Woo!" And if you kiss the sidewalk in New Jersey, you are desperate. It's bad. And we walked into the woods after that freeway there in the Delaware Water Gap. And within two miles, I realized the rocks don't stop in Pennsylvania. And because my expectations had been shattered, because I had put my expectations super high, I was extremely angry in Pennsylvania. And within like two or three miles in Pennsylvania, you come to this thing called Sunfish Pond, which a lot of people think is beautiful and it's great. I was ready to chuck my backpack into the pond, and I'm like, I'm done. I hate rocks. I hate this. No fun. Why are we down here? It's super hot. There's no views. What are we doing? I want to warn you about this lesson I learned on the trail about 2021. When we set up expectations on something, we are setting ourselves up for potential frustration, for potential anger, for potential great letdown and depression and anxiety. Are you with me there? Have any of you ever had expectations on like Christmas? Oh, I can't wait to go Christmas. It's going to be fill in the blank. And then you get there and the family fights and the food was burnt and it rained on Christmas. And you're what? You're really bummed out, right? Because you set up expectations for Christmas to be a card or a movie. You can't edit life like a movie, you know? And so I want to preach from Lamentations this morning. Um, Lamentations, uh, the root word is lament. I don't know if you know what the root the word lament means, but lament is a passion expression of grief. Now, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that what we call we take out of context, meaning we grab a verse and go, there, I like it, and we either tattoo it on us, we put it on sneakers, we put it on billboards, we put it on T-shirts, and we forget to read what's above the verse and what's below the verse. So a couple verses that we take out of context, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now let's get me that lotto ticket. You know, um, we take that one out of, out of context. If you read above that verse, Paul is going through shipwreck. He's going through starvation. He's going through homelessness. He's going through beatings from every town he's going into and declaring the gospel, the good news of God. And what he's saying is, I have learned to be content in all things, when I'm fed, when I'm not fed, when I'm dry, when I'm wet, when I'm healthy, when I'm beat, when I'm bit by snakes, when I'm doing okay, when it's warm out, when it's cold out. I have learned to be content in all things because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? So that verse should be great for 2021 because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning I can get through anything. Be careful because you can, you can read that and go, I can do anything. Right? Which 
you know, there's a little bit of that in there, but it's more like I can go through anything versus I can do anything. Another one, very famous one. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper. Have a white picket fence, a suburban, two kids, and a golden retriever, and ski vacations. That's not what he says. If you look at the whole chapter of Jeremiah 29, he says, grow where you're planted and make the city prosperous. Because of your relationship with God, because your faith in a good Jesus, be where you are. Be a part of the rec department. Be a part of the school. Be a part of the Rotary Club. Be a part of whatever nonprofit is helping make this town go round and make the city prosper. For I know the plans that I have for my people, and my people are to go out and serve and make their community better. See the difference? You always have to remember that a gift from God is not for you. That's what confuses us, because at Christmas, a gift that says my name on it is for me, right? I didn't open up my socks and Jesse take them, because they wouldn't fit him and go all the way up his leg, right? They're mine. Right? And I like darn tough, so thank you for getting me darn tough ski. Actually, I like, remember when socks weren't good to get for Christmas? When they would, didn't make good socks? Now they make good socks. And when I get darn tough for Christmas, I'm pumped. You get me darn tough every Christmas for the rest of my life, and I'd be excited. Um, but anyway, um, where was I going with that? Yes, a gift from God is never for you. A gift from God is always for someone else or something else. Your community, your family, your spouse, the unsaved. Your gift of singing, your gift of preaching, your gift of making crafts, your gift of listening, your gift of speaking, your gift of, of exercise or knowing dietary things, your gift of cooking, your gift of numbers, your gift of whatever. If it's given to you by God, it's not for you. And if you're using it for you, it's going to rot in your hands and it's going to begin to stink. Use it as glorifying God and unto others. So, talking about verses that come out of context. So there's a very famous line in Lamentations 3, chapter 3. Your mercies are new every morning. That's a great one. It's beautiful, but it's in the middle of a wailing book this book of lamentation is one massive cry fest it is an absolute and what's beautiful about it if you've ever been completely grieving or absolutely just sad beyond measure if you've ever been angry at god beyond measure or frustrated one of the worst things you can do is just hold it in and think i need to put on my best face for god kidding me like trying to put on your best face for mom god and mom know everything they know when you're struggling so just let them know okay the book of lamentations is letting god know how you feel and in the middle of it in chapter three it says his mercies are new every morning which is such a beautiful phrase that you can cling on to but you need to go and read the rest of the book because it gets raw with god and telling god how they feel now Lamentations was written after the worst year in Israel's history. They had been taken captive by the Babylonians, and everything they had had either been broken, burnt, ripped down, stolen, taken away, whether it was money, homes, or sadly, even life. It had been taken away. Israel was a beautiful, prosperous country. 
lived in the middle of an absolute gorgeous trade from the Mediterranean Sea into the mainland. Great rivers with great fertile land, beautiful crops, beautiful, you know, you know, um, flocks of you know of sheep. They did. They had a great economy. They'd forgotten about God. We tend to do that when we get comfortable, don't we? I do. I know that when everything's going well, my prayer life goes. And when things are horrible, my prayer life is on point. I'm on my knees. Lord, help me out. So 20 was a lot of praying. Because I don't know about you, because this lamentation was written after the worst year in Israel's history. Now, 2020 was a rough year. And for me, in my personal life, I don't remember a worse year. Listen, I'm an extrovert who loves to hug people and doesn't like rules. It was a rough year. So if you relate, I've said it before, maybe you're an introvert and you love this year. It was your best year ever. But there was a lot of people that had way worse problems than me being an extrovert who loves to hug and talk with people. There are people that really lost loved ones. There are people that really lost their jobs and their homes and will not get those back. That was a really, really rough year. I decided to look at some of the worst years in history. And boy, was it, 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 it was shocking. It, was, it, it, brought a, it, brought a, it brought some reality to me that I was like, wow, it was grounding. We'll start with 1348. In 1348, the Black Plague ripped through Europe. And in 18 months, folks, 18 months, a third of Europe had died of the Black Plague. That'd be like 100 million people in America right now dying of corona. That, that, that's crazy. We know now. I mean, like we know. I mean, you would have sold those numbers a couple years ago. I'd be like, oh, okay, a plague, whatever. Okay, I think I read about in the Bible once in Egypt, a plague. But the Black Plague took a third of the people in Europe. That'd be 100 million people dying in America in 18 months. That is crazy. I would say that that ranks up as one of the worst years, right? Another really bad one, 1919. 1919, the household flu, influenza, killed 500,000 Americans. 500,000 Americans in 1919, in just a winter alone, died of the flu. I'd say that's a pretty rough year. Pretty rough year. Okay? So those are some health issues. How about economic issues? Right? This has been a really weird year. I was just talking to Brian about, you know, Dartmouth and their economics. And, and here at Loon Mountain Ministry, our, our you know, God has been extremely faithful and kind and good to us. But as an executive director, I feel like a very young executive director. And right now, our finances at Loon Mountain Ministry are all over the place. I, I feel like I'm like, I can't really make a decision because one minute I'm like, all right, we're back on track. And the next minute I'm like, oh, we're not back on track. You know, and if you own a business around this area that is, is around tourism, obviously in May and June, April, May and June, we were all panicking because it was like a ball valve. It just got shut off. No one was coming here and whatever. But then July, August, September and October, it was almost record-breaking, record-breaking for the hotels, record-breaking for the restaurants, record-breaking for the attractions. You know, it was record-breaking for the thrift shop. And then, like years of old, whether it's corona or the weather, I don't know, but November, it shut off again. And if you own a restaurant in this town or you own, 
you know, a, 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 a destination place like a hotel or a motel, November and December have not been good. And historically, December is the best month in this shop. It was not this year, I will tell you that much. And so economically, it's been all over the place. So I went back, and obviously when I looked at the worst year in American eco- economy, it was 1929, the Great Depression. In 1929, when the bottom fell out, 15 million people, 15 million that had jobs in 1928, 15 million did not have jobs in 1928. 15 million. That, that is absolutely crazy. So 2020 has been tough. And if you are in a position where 2020 wrecked you, don't just put on that plastic happy face. Get on your knees before God and let him know. Listen to what Lamentations 3, 16 through 18 says right before these, these, these words. We read these, 3, 19 through 24, and it's got that beautiful saying, your mercies are new every morning. Listen to what the author says right before he pens those words. This is 3, 16 through 18 from the message. This is raw. He says about God, He ground my face into the gravel. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, this is it. I'm finished. Me and God are a lost cause. The author said, and then the author, after that, got real with God. And I'm sure there was a long pause. In Scripture, there isn't. But I'm sure there was a long pause. And have you ever cried so much you lost tears? They were gone? I know I have. You just cried for a whole afternoon, a whole night. By 10 o'clock at night, there was just no more tears left. I mean, you were still just as sad as you've ever been. But there was just nothing left to cry. I think the author got there. And at the end, I can only imagine, I'm just speculating. He wrote those, those words of like, God, I give up on you and I give up on myself. And they just fell into their bed or fell into the couch or fell on face floor and on the floor. Maybe you were there 2020. Maybe you were there a different year. But then this is what the author remembers. I remembered my, fl- my afflictions, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me because of them. Yet. Hear the yet? Hear the yet? Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What do you need to call to mind in 2021? What do you need to call to mind in your bed, on your knees, in your room, by yourself in the car, when your eyes are full of tears and your heart is full of grief? Folks, if you have not memorized Scripture, if you have not reminded yourself of the truths of God, you won't be able to recall. He says this, Yes, yet this I call to mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. Just like that sun comes up, God's mercies, his compassion, they never fail. And the enemy, ooh, the enemy would love to have you believe the lie that God isn't real. 
And if he can't get you to believe he's not real, oh, he's going to work his darndest to get you to believe he's not good. Those are really the only two lies that guy has. He's only a two-trick pony. If he can't get you to believe God's not real, if that's because there's a lot of people who have faith. I'm guessing a lot of you have here. You know, you've had your doubts, sure. So have I as a pastor. But really, in the end, you're like, I know God's real. I saw the sunrise this morning. I know God's real. I saw the moon. I was talking with Emily, who, who runs the coffee shop on Sundays, which does an awesome job, by the way. She was um, looking at the stars this morning, and what she thought was really cool was the constellations change from night until morning. And so she saw the constellations in a different location, and she was like, how can anyone believe someone didn't put those up there? You know, and she saw, I don't know if you saw the, the sun on Musilak this but it gave definition to Musilak. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, there's people, though, that will look at that, that look at that and say, nah, God's not real. If, if the enemy can get you to say that, he's probably not going to work too hard on you to think he's not good. But if you're a person like me or you're a person like Emily that go, oh, yeah, there's a God behind that beautiful mountain. There's a God behind that gorgeous constellation. There's a God behind that moon. Buckle up. Because that enemy's coming after you to say he's not good. And then you'll be like, oh, no, he is. Oh, if he is, then why did 2020 happen? Oh, if he's good, well, then why is there diseases? If he's good, then why is there salvation? If, starvation. If he's good, then why you let your loved one die? If he's good, why is the ministry struggling? If he's good, and then, then just fill in the blank. This, uh, I'm doing the music up at the mountaintop because we don't have Drew. You can pray for the people at the mountaintop because they're going to have to listen to me play guitar. I'll end with this. So uh, just like the enemy's a two-trick pony, I'm like a three-trick pony. I only got like three songs I can play with guitar. That's How Great Thou Art, How Great Is Our God, and Come Thou Fount. If it aren't those, I probably can't play it. But another one I'm going to do up at the mountaintop today is one of the old hymns that was beautiful that I love. And I'm going to read it to you guys. And what I think is incredible about this that just kind of brought me to like a screeching halt the other day when I was researching this, this hymn... You know when it was written? In America, in the 1920s, during the Great Depression. So, if 2020 was rough, as it was for me, maybe worse for you, I want you to hear these words that were penned during the Great Depression. A hymn that's incredibly dear to my heart, because as my grandmother, both grandmothers, absolutely loved it, and I can hear them singing it as I read it. Actually, I'm going to up here, so bear with me. Hymns do this. To think I hated him when I was 12. Now I tear up when I read him. <laughs> it's awesome. We have to go to another hymn sing on a Sunday night. The Patriots are playing the 430 game, Mom. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning. Thou castest not. Thy thou castest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As, though, as thou hast been, thou forever will be. Summer and winter, and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. 
pardon for sin and the peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.